Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guests are singer-songwriters based here in the greater Tampa Bay area. They are a pop-slash-acoustic-slash-folk duo who spends extensive time on the road with dates coming up not only throughout Florida, but in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York after having just returned from dates in the likes of, take a deep breath, Bruce, <laughs> Virginia, Vermont, Ontario, Canada, Pennsylvania, New York, Maine, Massachusetts, the list goes on. They are currently working on new music. Their first release was a nine-song effort that came out a year ago. You've been hearing a song of theirs entitled Carry Me. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Shane and Emily. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> thank you for both being here. Thanks you so for having us. Yeah. Yeah. You say thank you so. so. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks you so. That was very nice. <laughs> that's like uh, the Uso, the, the Usos on WWE. So What's I'm, that? That's uh, their, their brothers, the Usos. So you said, thanks, oh, thank you thanks so. Thanks, so. <laughs> I, I always get called Shane McMahon. That's what people say to me. Uh, Shane, I guess he's from WWE. And I get uh, and I get Bruce Almighty. And I try to shift people over uh, to like, no, call me Bruce Springsteen or Bruce Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> but it's something. always Bruce Almighty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though I was talking over it, I do want to give you the chance to talk first about the song that was just playing called "Carry Me." Oh yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? I'll talk about it. I'll kind of start it. How's <laughs> okay. that? You talk a lot, so I'll start. All right. So <laughs> for us, we were sitting. At, it was my very first apartment that I ever had. And we were sitting on the couch and we we're just kind of writing because we we're like, we need to come up with something really cool. And then Emily had this idea of writing a song for her best friend who just got married. What? Like a, I guess a year and a half ago. Or it's something. been like two years now. Yeah. So. Um, and you can just take it away from that. But I remember sitting on the couch with a, a cat trying to attack our paper while we're trying to write this. <laughs> She's evil. Um, wanting, wanting to get a writing credit. I That's guess right. so. <laughs> but yeah, it was for my best friend and her husband because they were getting ready to get married and I was the maid of honor. So I was like, oh my gosh, it would be so cool if we wrote a song and then I sang it in my maid of honor speech. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, were you just writing it with the intent of, you know, oh, this will be a nice gesture or were you writing it with the intent of, I want to do this so I can sing it for them at their wedding? It was both actually because she has always been the person that I send my music to first. Since ah. before I met Shane when I was writing music as like a 12-year-old, I would send her <laughs> songs. And so I was like, I need to dedicate a song to her. So I thought it would just be fitting to do that. And so I sang it as part of my speech and I was really nervous and it's a duet. So <laughs> it wasn't wow. the best thing ever. It wasn't but. as good as what she's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you weren't there. You don't even know. <laughs> but I imagine there's video out there of it somewhere. Yes, I of you singing not. it. I haven't seen any. So Shane has not seen it? <laughs> no. I've not seen this. Wow. No. I don't, wow. I'm sure somebody took a video, but obviously it was not... <laughs> 
to put anywhere because I haven't seen it. But that's okay. It was the gesture that counted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's set the stage with some background here first. Uh, Shane, you are from Canada. And Emily, in my research for today, I found a Reverb Nation account for you as oh, a no. solo artist. So oh, talk no. about how the two of you came to meet each other and then perform together. Well, I had a dream that I moved to Florida when I was... Um, I think I was 19 because I was at a university for at Bible college at the time. And I, it just felt so real. I'm like, oh, I got to move to Florida. So I ended up moving to Florida and kind of going back and forth ever since. And then I had this friend that says, oh, she's like a singer and stuff. You need to come meet this girl. <laughs> and so I went out and I met Emily and we both, uh, it was kind of cool and perfect because it was at an open mic. So I sang a Coldplay song and she sang... I don't, don't even, even remember what I sang. Because it's a song that wasn't popular. <laughs> oh, that was me. I don't even remember what I sang, so it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that was your initial meeting, but then uh, how did the two of you come to actually start performing together? Um, my roommate, uh, he was he's actually on our first CD um, on the song, what's the song? Mountains. And uh, he's the rapper on it. And so, we, uh, he saw the potential for me and Emily and said, hey, you guys make a lot of money together i can see a bright future for you guys <laughs> like, i see dollar signs i see dollar signs <laughs> so we wrote a couple songs together um where you belong which is on our first cd as well was the first song we ever wrote together in a starbucks parking lot yep and wow. then we were like wow this is cool and then i did a couple solo gigs she was gonna pick me up at a gig and then she just jumped on stage sang some harmonies and i said i think you should do this full time with me and so we just did the bar scene doing cover gigs kind of first I was working as a waitress at the time, and I loved my job, but after doing a couple of gigs with Shane, I was like, I can't go back to Cracker Barrel after this. I just can't. It's not the same anymore. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, that it sounds like you're saying that the two of you met, and then you performed together, and then later you became a couple, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. It was terrible. I mean, I was in love with him from the second that we met, but he was all like, you're just a little 18-year-old girl. I'm 24. I like tour the country and stuff, and That's you're just working true. a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh, That's not yeah. true. She was 19. Yeah. She, she was my age, yeah. I, I was 18. I was a baby. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, okay, so anyhow... Uh, in the intro, I mentioned that there's a long list of dates on your live show schedule in a lot of different locations. And I also mentioned that the two of you just came back to town after having been out there on the road quite a bit. Talk about the shows that you just did. How were they? What types of places were you playing at? And I guess for the benefit of the listeners who themselves are artists that want to get out and play a lot of shows on the road like that, were there any lessons you took away from this trip that you would like to share as far as advice for others? Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, so what we were doing is we were playing at universities and colleges um, because we work with an agency that books us at those shows throughout the year. So we go to regional and national conferences and we perform. Let me say thank you for, for mentioning that you have an agency that puts you in those because those of you who are listeners that are up and comers that say, ooh, the college and university scene, that's, that's what I'm trying to break into. That's where I'm trying to get booked. I know that when you're listening to this interview, you're, you're saying, how are they getting these bookings? <laughs> There you go. Emily just told you. That's so what sorry. it is. And oh no, you're that's fine. You interject whenever you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's actually it's easier to get involved in it than I thought it would be as long as you're talented. I mean, which 
You don't even have to be that talented. <laughs> well, for the college market, it's a lot more. It's a more professional market than your typical like you know bar gigs and stuff around town. Um, and so we were actually um, referred to by another band that was part of this college booking. <clears throat> and so we had to go through a process like a you know they had to interview us in a way about looking at our website, our music, and then they decide from there. But to get inside these conferences is it's kind of difficult actually. It the competition so, is so huge. So the colleges and university gigs. Are you playing? somewhere on campus that it's just for students to come and listen to live music or is it part of an actual event or both. is it both? Both. Okay. It depends. I mean, every event is different. Sometimes we're in the cafeteria at lunch and we're background mm. music for the students. Wow. And then sometimes it's for like a fall festival or we've done like a Valentine's Day dinner and like craft events and stuff. So it's all part of whatever the student activities boards are doing because they're the ones that go to the conferences and they see all of the talent, the comedians, magicians, whatever, and then they pick who they want for whatever events that they have planned. And it is like, it's, it can be hard to get into, but it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And we typically get about 18 schools within one month of booking for going to these conferences. Wow. So our booking agent will kind of just throw gigs at us here and there. So, hey, here's a one-off one here, one-off one here, where we either drive our RV to or fly there. Um, but for the most part, um, yeah, my, my favorite at the colleges are when we're in like a theater or something and they're all sitting there and we get I'll to bet. tell stories. Yeah, and, yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, it was amazing though. We've gone on a few of these tours before playing at universities and so far this has been my favorite performance-wise because I feel like we've kind of gotten more of a feel of what the atmosphere is at these schools because it's so different from what we do here in Florida, you know. And um, so we've kind of gotten more confidence and learned like we would rather like tell stories and interact with the students instead of just playing song after song, which mm -hmm. is kind of what we do here because we're dinner music, you know. Instead of being background music in the cafeteria. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even when we are background music, we've learned to kind of like make it more engaging, you know. Like we'll play the theme song from Gilmore Girls or Friends to kind of do an icebreaker and ah. give away a free CD if people can guess like what shows the songs are from. And then from there, we're able, we kind of have their attention and we tell the story about how we wrote this song or why we like this one and stuff. So this this has been like a really a really successful trip. But I when think. you're when you're doing those I'll, I'm holding up air quotes listeners, those background gigs uh, where you're in the cafeteria and you're because you're mentioning the theme song from this show or that show. So are you having to play mostly cover songs? Because if if the answer is yes, then I wonder I don't want to overstate it and be dramatic and say how frustrating is that for you when you know <laughs> that you'd rather be sitting up on stage in a listening room environment telling stories and playing your own songs but how, how or maybe i'm wrong and maybe you're not playing a, a bunch of cover songs we're actually this. not well it's a, it's a mix it's a mix because sometimes we'll be at a school and we're like okay this is a cover we should play more cover songs here than originals because of the atmosphere and just listening part of it but we kind of mix it up like every other song is a different, it's like an original than a cover than an original. But for me, I'm never frustrated because I love, and I know a lot of musicians are, this is a rare thing, but I love playing covers. Me too. Wow. I love wow. it. I love playing Beatles. I love playing Coldplay. And I love making our own spin with them and mashing them up. And Well, because if we were just playing the songs exactly the way that the original is, I would imagine we'd get pretty bored. But we're always learning new songs and we're always trying to find like the most Shane and Emily way to do stuff. And it keeps it interesting. But I mean, I was kind of keeping track because at the schools, we don't have like a set set list like we do 
this song, this song, this song, this song. We kind of feel it out. And we end up always doing more cover or more originals than we do covers at the universities. And we've been surprised at like the positive feedback that we get from the students. And they actually come up and buy our CDs afterwards. And I'm like, I didn't even know you guys were listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. so that list that I, that I read off of all the places that, that you just were in, Virginia, Vermont, Ontario, Canada, Pennsylvania, New York, Maine, Massachusetts, blah, blah, blah. So it sounds like it was primarily colleges and universities, but maybe you did have a couple sprinkled in where it was, you know, just you're going to this place on Friday night and you're playing for three hours and it's not a college or university thing. Not when we're on the college tours. It's usually strictly colleges unless um, our RV breaks down and then we end up playing for free. at a mechanic's house to pay off some of the bill. Yeah, we did that. That happens. Or like some, if we are hurting for money, we'll just find a coffee shop on our day off and ask if we can play for tips. Mm. We've done that a few times. We did that in Wichita back in May. And then we did that in Ohio when we were having to get the generator fixed, trying to make some money. But um, we did um, a couple of elementary schools in Canada, but that was really just more for the fact that it was where Shane was from and we had a contact who was like, I thought it would be cool to do this. But when we're on the college tours, we kind of just take those extra days off because it's nice. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, being that you do have an agency that's booking all those college and university shows for you, you know, is there really much, uh, I don't know what the word, much initiative on your own part to go and say, well, you know what, I see we have a little gap here. Let's, Let's book ourselves, if we can, somewhere on this Thursday night at, you know, wherever place in town will have us. There's different things that we're a part of that kind of fill those, those gaps. So if we see if we have a lot of time, uh, had, like just say we're going to be on a trip eight months from now, that gives us a great amount of time to reach out to venues or we're a part of other booking opportunities and other um, clubs, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that kind of can fill those gaps for us. But for the most part, we, we like to venture around and take it all in. And But I know it's kind of smart if we're trying to get, I guess, I'm doing air quotes here for you listeners, um, <laughs> that we do um, uh, open mics and things like that. Because if we want to get famous, that's it's important. I, I, those That's where the air quote came in, the famous part. <laughs> uh, if we want to get famous, then that's, that's kind of the smart thing to do is during your time off, go to open mics and uh, find other places to play because you do want to get your name out there, especially when you tour. Well, we mm. did a few of those back in January and February when we were in Washington State. We were in Seattle and Portland and stuff, and we did quite a few open mics. But we had like three of our friends with us, and we're lame when we're by ourselves, and we're like, let's just go watch Netflix. But when we had our friends, it was easy to be like, let's go out and do this stuff. But when it's just us, we're like, I just want to pet my cat. And but watch Shane, TV. I'm, cu- I'm curious <laughs> about what you were just saying because, you know, the, the, the more that the stock rises for Shane and Emily, I wonder how do you contact a venue about open mic and kind of let them know that I'm, I'm going to pull a Ron Burgundy here. I'm kind of a big deal. How do you, how do you let them know that, look, you know, we are Shane and Emily, like, you know, we're, we're not a couple of kids that are just fooling around and we don't want to come in there to just do one song where we're like the seventh person on the list and that's the only song. How, how does that conversation go? When it comes to open mics, we honestly just show up and sign your name and we play when we play and however wow. it's song so that wow. and it's just really for us we love to just go out and meet people and i think if, if you have talent it kind of speaks for itself when it comes to open mics now if we're reaching out to like a like a bar or a venue uh, i do message them ahead of time and if this is a paid thing we want 
like we did in Toronto. We got a bunch of gigs in Toronto for that. Um, I would say, hey, we're, I kind of throw the word Disney out there a lot because we play at Disney twice a week. Mm. So that kind of gets people, okay, they're not just yeah. random kids that play around. You mm-hmm. know, they play Bush Gardens and Disney and uh, all these beach restaurants in Florida and they have a college market. So we, I put all that in an email with our website stating all the shows that we're playing and then a bunch of videos so they kind of get it all in one email without us having to say like hey we're really really good yeah we're, we're kind of a big deal <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah but that's a great question for the for the open mics we just i i don't i don't want to have a false like i think we're the best or anything but i i think there's just a when it, when you go to open mics it's more of a humility thing and we just show up and we just we're just excited to meet people i think it'd be awkward if we went in there and we were like, hey, we're Shane and Emily, and we're awesome, we play at Disney, and then all the other musicians would be like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but God bless you, though, because, I mean, that, that, that aura, that, that, that attitude of humility is rare, and I think that I asked the question because most people would go in there and say, you need to know who we are first before we sing note one of any song because <laughs> right. we want the red carpet sort of rolled out for us. Or, you know, maybe if it's kind of like in the purple family, but so we want some kind of big deal made about the fact that we're here. And so God bless you that you're saying, um, you know what, if we get the opportunity to sing a song and touch someone's heart and meet some people, then it's better than sitting around to, doing netflix that's right <laughs> well that's the way i i want people when they think shane and emily i want them to think man we hired them but they're the ones asking what can we do what can we do because i want people to know that we're hospitable and we are literally just so lucky and blessed to do what we do and we just love to travel and it's just a job really in a way and yeah if fame and fortune comes along with it that's so cool but i want people to know that we're we're here to help and we're here to serve I don't want to be served. If that makes any sense. Yeah, we're no, Christians, so yeah. I, I learned that from yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's, a, it's not about us; it's about Him. So That's right. there yeah. you go. Um, speaking of what types of places were you playing at? I, I recently had the opportunity to see the two of you perform at what I believe you said was your first ever house concert. Am I right? Yes. First one. Yes. And so, did you get bit by the bug now? Because certainly those are all the rage these days: house concerts. Absolutely. It was incredible having people sit there and really intently listening for the purpose of showing up so they can hear what you have to say and play and they want to hear your stories. I don't know. It's it's really hard to do one of those and then go do a bar gig. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think that it had a huge impact on this last tour that we did at the colleges because we had never done a house concert before on any of the other trips. And so we hadn't really gotten that feel of like, this is a storytelling time. And that was what we did at the house concert for the first time where in between each song, we just talked about it and told people kind of what it was all about. And we were like, we should do this at every show. <laughs> now we do. And it changed everything. Yeah, we played at this place downtown Tampa last night where it's not that kind of venue where people sit and listen. And it turned into one of these where there's probably like 50 or so people and they were all eating, but they all turned their chairs and they were just listening. Wow. And it turned into a house concert in oh, this place. Fantastic. I just fantastic. keep talking till people start listening. You know, eventually they do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, I think you, you mentioned before about the Beatles. I think you played a Beatles song at the, at the house concert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. We probably did the mashup with the I saw her standing there, all my loving, and yeah. there was you. Yeah, we're, we're so. big Beatles fans. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio are singer-songwriters Shane and Emily. Check out their official website at www.shaneandemilymusic.com. They are certainly on social media, too. On their website, you will find links to Shane and Emily on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Plus, their music is available on SoundCloud, which is one of the platforms that this show is available on. And their first CD, entitled Hi, We're Shane and Emily, is available on iTunes and other online retailers. Be sure to check their website for the list of all their live dates, what with the hearty list I was referring to in the intro. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have there the full audio, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I always recommend that you start with episode 101, which was a best of from some of the first 100 shows. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. We are now up to 122 countries around the world where this show has gotten listeners from. And by the way, whether you're going to look for Shane and Emily's music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. We were talking a little bit ago about your backgrounds Uh, The two of you were actually just married in June, coincidentally, just a few days before I got hitched. We're like marriage twins. (laughs) Double days. There's an upcoming episode of Now Hear This Entertainment where I talked with McKenna and Brock while I was up at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. Uh, While they aren't married yet, we did talk about the topic of performing with your significant other. In the case of the two of you, though, it's not only performing with your spouse, but being right on top of each other every day, being in an RV. (laughs) We're crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) We just got back from this like seven week trip and I was hanging out with some of my friends and I was like, guys, I need to hang out with you. I've been trapped in the box with my husband for seven weeks and two cats. (laughs) She likes it, though. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I want the listeners to understand that you travel in an RV, but that is your home, though. Oh, yeah. That's where we are all the time. (laughs) Yep, that's it. All the time. It's awesome. But the idea of, because I know I've talked about this on, on past episodes, the, the idea of, oh, it must be so awesome to perform with your significant other. And, and other guests have said, you know, this is not for the weak of heart. You know, don't, do not try this at home. Just, just because it sounds cute doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and roses, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year. So do you want to just talk about performing with your spouse and then, you know, and then saying, wait, this isn't a big enough test. Let's travel the country in an RV together. Right. Happy our home. Well, oh for gosh. us, I I think it's really helpful. For I I take marriage really seriously, and uh, how we talk to each other, how we resolve things, uh, very seriously. And as much as I take my music seriously, and I think that traveling in an RV and playing music together has taught us to resolve our our ourselves and our conflicts. You know, probably 
I'm not gonna say better than most couples because we haven't been married that long, but we've been doing this for three years now together. Four. Four. Yikes, we've been doing this for four years now together. (laughs) And it's just taught us how to talk to each other, how to be respectful, and pride was the biggest thing. So um, I'm gonna be honest, maybe this will get harder when when times come, but I've just, I've, from my perspective, I've really enjoyed this. Like I hate I, it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I, I love the way we handle things. I love when we're on stage. Um, s- people that know us really well, though, will know when we're kind of arguing about something, but it's usually about what songs to sing or something like that. Well, but that's just the thing is that, you know, you could be having a husband-wife argument a couple hours before a show, and all of a sudden the musical duo has to say, okay, husband and wife either need to resolve this or the two of you need to step aside because the two of us need to go on stage and perform. And we can't yes. be mad at each other while we're yeah. performing. We can resume the fight later, but right now we have a show to put on. Well, Emily I, uh, came up with this idea. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, for about three years of us doing this together, we were not dating. And it was terrible because we were like in love with each other, but... It was just a complicated situation. We fought all the time, and we were like... Fought all the time as as duo partners, as musical everything. duo partners. Like oh, in, okay. every in every aspect. In every aspect, in every way. I mean, we'd be up there, and we'd be smiling, but inside we were dying and wanting to kill each other. I mean, mm. it was terrible for years. And we came up with a rule, <laughs> and it works every single time like a charm. If we are arguing on stage... Okay, I have a couple rules. First of all... We don't like we just have to not argue on stage, even if you want to say something and you're like, I have to say this right now. You don't. You just smile. You keep moving on. We talk about it afterwards and then we hug it out, Mm -hmm. even when we're still mad at each other and we haven't talked it through. She will literally on stage look at me and say, I think it's time that we hug. (laughs) And it works every time. He can't. He cannot stay mad when we do that, and I can't either. And it's like, you just you have to drop your pride to do it, and once you've done that, you can approach the situation from a different perspective and not be mad anymore and just be like, hey, you know, I didn't like the way you said this, or this is how I feel about this. Oh, I understand. And then you just get past it. And it's taught us how to resolve things quickly because when we're on stage, we have to resolve things really quickly. So now we kind of do that in all the other aspects of our marriage, so... Hmm. It works. <laughs> well, being being out there in an RV at, at that house concert I'm, that I mentioned, the two of you did a song called Arkansas. Plus, you also have a song that was written after having hit a deer. This this life on the road thing. There seems to be no shortage of sources for songs. Am I am I correct, or or is it? Boy, are there moments of of staring off into space and drawing a complete blank. I can't think the last time that we drew a blank. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> we, I guess we, when it comes to material and situations. It's so easy and so quick. Um, but when it comes to how do we say this so it doesn't sound cheesy, that can that's put the us... That's the hard part. That's the hard part. That puts us on, on edge sometimes. We always, always have stories to tell. And I mean, we just wrote a song. It's the most recent one that we've written called Delaware. And the whole song is about the night that we met the guy that co-signed with us for the RV that we have now because it was his birthday and he came to see us and his wife was like, can you write this song? And we were like, sure. And it's like one of our favorites, you know. I mean, there's always something that we can write a song about. Don't leave me hanging by a thread. It's called Delaware because... Oh, because they live in Delaware. Okay. So you have (laughs) a song called Arkansas. You have a song called Delaware. Yeah, we're working on all the states now. I see see a pattern forming here. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what everybody says. We're like, oh, man, we shouldn't have put these two on the same CD. (laughs) 
<laughs> when um, is when is Florida? I mean, that's you know, that's your technically your quote unquote home state. When's that song going to be written? <laughs> soon, it's going to be. Um, the chorus is going to go. I'm melting. I'm melting. Help me. <laughs> Help me. I miss seasons. Get me out of here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say a part of that. You might need some rights clearances from the Wizard of Oz people. Oh, yeah. Dang it, you're right. <laughs> oh man. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if there's somewhere you want to perform and you're promising them all kinds of things, we'll get so-and-so to come here and or my spouse will become a member of your club or other similar promises. Realize that it can make you look desperate and they likely won't book you or they might take advantage of you and offer you the booking with little to no pay. Instead, get the hint. If they haven't called or come to see you perform somewhere else, it means they already know that they aren't going to book you. And that is today's Bruce's bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show to make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format. There is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. So then let's talk about your new music. Where are the two of you with your next project? How many songs will there be? When might the release be? And, and even what about this album might be, without overstating it, noticeably different from the first one? Oh my gosh. Um, we actually just started talking about this yesterday because our plan was to release a full-length CD. But just after talking about a few different things, we're like, why don't we do an EP? Mm. And then that way, the next full-length CD, we can really brand it and kind of from the first song that we release from it, make it and experience more than just like releasing some singles and then making it an EP. So this one is probably going to have, what, seven songs on it. So it's a long EP, but... (laughs) Um, And our music is going to be different because it's going to be less... Uh, poppy boppy kind of thing there's going to be a lot of those same elements like a lot of upbeat stuff but we're kind of getting into a little bit more of a soulful kind of bluesy well not even bluesy that's not the right word there's going to be some electronic stuff i i don't i never know how to describe it to people because shane where does it where does the evolution of this sound come from is it just from getting older is it from growing together as a as a musical duo is it there's stuff that i'm listening to that you know, or is it? I I never liked what we did in our first. How how do you grow into the sound that that Emily is describing? Well, the first CD, uh, I, which I, I'm so proud about, and and is the first real thing I've ever really done musically. So I was, I loved it. But at the time, we were trying to do a certain thing. I think we were we were recording in Nashville, and we were trying to have a certain sound so we can get on the radio and do all these different mm. things. But when we realized we weren't reaching a lot of the goals that we, um that we had for ourselves, we decided, you know what, let's forget the goals for the CD and let's just do what we really, really, really want to do. And so all of my um, inspirations that I listen to and all of her inspirations that she listens to, we kind of put them together because I'm very like, I love like folky stuff and she loves the electronic stuff. So we kind of put them together where it's like folky electronic stuff. But more soulful too, because we both listen to a lot of that and like bluesy stuff. 
Yeah, our our producer John Johnson is incredible. He um, he says I want to take different parts of what you do. And uh, Shane, you're a piano player. I want. I think you should. You need to express that in your music. Where the first CD, we didn't do that except for one song, which was um, "You're Mine." And so we kind of. He's like, put a put a little solo in here, and I'll make it so it doesn't <laughs> sound out of place. Mm. And he does it really well. Or we'll kind of breathe, or we'll say something in a recording. And, and even then, for me, like my singing style is totally different. The first CD, it was very poppy, so I was always trying to kind of give attitude and pop and spunk and everything, which is great. But on this CD, I just sang like how I actually sing when I'm performing. You know, more just kind of chill, just singing. Let me tell the let me tell the female <clears throat> listeners that when Shane said "You're mine," he turned and looked at Emily and the girls that are listening right now. Let's all pause, yeah, so they could. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Shane, I like that you said, because we, we've talked about this on, on some past episodes of the show, of, of people going into the studio and putting out what they think they need to put out in order to be successful. And again, it goes back to, you know, if you're going to be successful, the Lord is going to bless you with that, regardless of whether it is the poppy sound or whether it's what you're moving into now. And so it's, you know, I don't want to say it's unfortunate that you went through that experience because you just said you're so proud of that album. And, you know, now you can look back at it and say, wait a minute, you know, there's something here that that we both listen to, that we both do, that we really want to bring out in our next one. But I'm glad you brought up that point, because I think too many people do go in, especially in a place like Nashville. Yes. You know, you're going, yeah. uh oh, let <clears throat> me see what formula they probably want me to go by, because that stands a better chance of resulting in success. And it's like, wait Absolutely. a minute, where, where is that written? Right. Well, for <laughs> me, I think the RV honestly has helped with that from my perspective, because I wanted to be bigger than Coldplay that was my goal so for me the RV has been like camping and just relaxing and enjoying life and experiencing it and I feel like God has already given me what I've always wanted and so now I feel in my heart I feel like we've made it already so it's kind of like let's just do what we feel like just, doing yeah. now as far as music goes instead of so we can enjoy every aspect of it, awesome. you know. So I guess, uh, listeners, just stay tuned. Uh, all the more incentive for you to follow Shane and Emily on social media so you can see uh, when this music will be out and, and more details about it. I do want to bring up that two weeks ago on this show, on episode 138, uh, the guest was Glenn Schubert, the founder of Instruments of Change. And he mentioned the two of you and some others who have given time to that organization, some artists actually who've been guests here on my show. How did the two of you decide that this is an organization we want to get involved in, especially when there are so many out there that all would, you know, they, they would all love to get aligned with a singer-songwriter or a duo or a band? Our friend Tori Ann, uh, she saw, I think, me playing just acoustically a, a couple songs at this place called The Dubliner in Before Tampa. Before we even started playing together. Oh, okay. So she became friends. She's like, hey, you know, I'd love to work with you guys. And especially when she heard Emily, too, and she heard what we do together. She's like, I think you guys would be a great fit into this organization I work for called Instruments of Change. And Tori Ann, through Instruments of Change, have gotten us all of our best gigs. Yes, and, and a dear friend of all of ours. But at the same time, for her to approach you is one thing, but you still have to look at that organization and, and decide, you know, is this someone yes. that we want to align with? Because there's a whole list of them that we could probably partner up with in some way, shape or form. So what was it 
about instruments of change because there are listeners to this show who are up and comers that are, are trying to get exposure through means like that. And I think it's important to, you know, to go through that thought process to not just say, someone's asking me to get involved, I should do it. Because, I did it, yeah. yeah. What I always really loved about it is that they, um, they provide students with the lessons and the instruments that they need to like, you know, get into music and everything. But the best part is that they have to take the lessons. Um, I don't know if it's still like this. I remember when we first got involved in it, it was like, you have to take the lessons. And then at like a certain grade, then they get the instrument. So it's like, they have to work for it. They have to be committed to it for a while before, you know, just being handed this thing that maybe they start playing it. And they're like, oh, well, I don't really want it, you know? So they're like teaching the kids that they have to like work for something if they want it. And it shows like, it shows them how rewarding it is when they do because they get a free instrument. It's so cool. And for me, I my life was really interesting growing up, like seven different elementary schools mm. and a lot of different like family stuff or whatever. But I uh, I wasn't doing good in school. I was really, really bad. And I remember the first time I touched a piano, I was playing chopsticks or something, and I loved it. And I, I just loved that my two hands could do something together. And so wow. this lady invited me over to her house after church and said, I'll teach you piano if you want. So I got my teacher's permit in Canada. It's called your grade eight in Royal Conservatory of Music in like two years. And that usually takes about eight years to do. And I just realized music came really quick for me. And it came and my life changed. My grades started changing, my wow. personality, my res- I started having respect for my elders, things like that. Like wow. it taught me to be a different person learning music. So that's why I think Glenn and all of them are doing such a great thing um, in the areas that are doing it. Yeah, so the so the the purpose of their organization really kind of spoke to you in terms of hey, this is something that I can kind of relate to in a roundabout yeah. way. So sure, I'd I'd like to be aligned with an organization like this one, as opposed to just as I said before, some random nonprofit that comes along and says, "Oh, we heard you playing out last night. You guys are great. You should you know you should hook up with us." Well, who are you? You know what? Right. Right. You know, does your does your message mean anything to us, or you know, or are we just doing it because we want to see what's it going to do for us? And I don't necessarily yeah. think the two of you said, "Well, what is what is being aligned with Instruments of Change going to do for us?" Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny because when we started doing Instruments of Change at that point in our career, I, I, I was kind of doing all the booking and things like that. And I said yes to everything. Mm. Like I I made sure I didn't say no unless it, um, interfered with, interfered with something already booked. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I said yes to everything. If it was free, if it was paid, if it was, it didn't matter if I was free, I was there and I was doing it. Well, that's interesting because, uh, Another name that came up on that episode, and listeners, if you didn't hear it, go back to episode 138 and listen to my interview with Glenn Schubert. But a name that came up was Daniel B. Marshall. He was the guest on episode 51 of this show. And I think, Shane, if I'm not mistaken, that when Daniel was here way back when we recorded that interview, that that he said the same thing, that he remembered a point in time in his career where he was just saying yes to everything because of that list of reasons that we all know, you know, of, of so many benefits that you get. And, and, and I always say that I'm glad that I'm as far into my career as I am now, where instead of just saying, you never know who might be there. Now I have all these firsthand examples. And so certainly that was a point in time where you're saying yes to everything. And all of a sudden turns out to be, you know, multiple benefits. This is an organization that appeals to, you know, their message appeals to me and we can go out and play and get some exposure and, you know, the list goes on. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned Daniel B. Marshall too, because if it wasn't for him, Shane and Emily would not be here. 
because uh, he gave me my first gig that was paid and let me use all of his equipment. I didn't have wow. anything. Yeah, he was He's the one the that's, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, do you know four hours of cover music? I'm like, yes, I did not. I knew like five songs. <laughs> we sat at the coffee shop for hours the next day, like going, okay, what songs do people listen to? So like wow. three days later, I had my first gig and then Daniel B. Marshall set me up for like a month and then it turned into a full-time thing for us. Yeah, true awesome. story. You, yeah. You, were, you, you didn't know four hours, you knew... I mean, are you, are you exaggerating or is it you knew five hours of music or f- I'm sorry, five songs? I maybe five songs. Yeah. Wow. I did, when it came to, I had a bunch of originals that I'd written throughout my life, but when it came to songs, uh, most of them, uh, I knew I, I could like, because of church music and things like that, I could, if I have chords in front of me and I know the song well enough, if I've just heard it, I didn't even have to play it before. If I've heard it, then I could play it. So what wow. I did is I put on the iPad, all the chords to just songs that I knew. A lot of them were Beatles songs because of that movie Across the Universe, Jack Johnson, Coldplay, um, John Mayer, everything that I could think of. And then I just, I hammered through that gig and it was... He's amazing. He does this all the time at our gigs where somebody will request a song and we've never done it before. And I'm the one that's like, oh no, sorry, we don't do that. And Shane's like, I've heard that song one time before. Let me pull up the chords and I'll just wing it. And he does it and it's amazing. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. (laughs) Shane, without, without ever having played it before... Yeah, that's like my favorite thing to do. I, I, I love, I love kind of being on my feet at these gigs because playing for four hours every single night. I'm not gonna say it gets boring because I, I think we have the best job in the world, but um, it definitely puts a lot more excitement into what we do. I'll and, say, <laughs> yeah. I'm up there sweating the whole time. I'm like this is terrible. And it could be a song we end up doing all the time if we like it enough. Uh, that nice, happens a lot. Nice, it's true. Nice. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio are singer-songwriters, I should say musicians too, since they play instruments, Shane and Emily. Check out their official website at www.shaneandemilymusic.com. As I mentioned before, they are very much on social media. On their website, shaneandemilymusic.com, you will find links to them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Plus, as I mentioned before, their music is available on SoundCloud, one of the platforms this show is available on. And their first CD, entitled Hi, We're Shane and Emily, is available on iTunes and other online retailers. Be sure to check their website for that long list of live dates that I mentioned before. Very hearty list. I referred to it back in the intro, and we've talked about the extensive performing that they do in other cities. And as I mentioned, also keep up with them online to keep up with the developments on their forthcoming new music that they're currently working on. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net. It stands for Now Hear This Entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have there on nhte.net the full audio, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net. Subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free. It makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Thrilled to be on Google Play Music, too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned episode 101, but we also talked about 138 with Glenn Schubert and episode 51 with Daniel B. Marshall. Go back and check those out. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest in 
support. And as I mentioned earlier, whether you're going to look for Shane and Emily's music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. We, uh, we recently dealt with some weather here in Florida with Hurricane Matthew bearing down on the otherwise known as Sunshine State. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed that through the first 139 episodes of the show, I have never thought to have a guest talk about how they handle cancellations. Uh, certainly a, a lot of performers like yourselves probably had shows canceled this weekend with the storm going through not just Florida, but uh, Georgia and the Carolinas. Have the two of you encountered any type of, of cancellation, weather related or, or just something else so far in your careers? And if so, uh, because we know that a lot of these bookings, it's not a case of where every single one has a contract. So do you have something in writing that says you get paid anyway, or how do you handle cancellations it happens on a regular basis it does so all the time especially wow. in florida because if you're playing like at a beach bar outside most of the time they're not going to have like a very good covering over you it's just like a beach umbrella and you just kind of watch the sky and if it looks like it's gonna rain you tell them hey um we gotta go <laughs> so we either we're the ones doing the canceling or we or the venue themselves will show up and they'll be like sorry it looks like it's gonna rain so we're not gonna have music um or, or even like downtown Disney, it's very, very, very rare. But if it gets below a certain temperature, they cancel music. So when it comes to, if you don't, sorry, I keep covering my mouth here. <laughs> if you show up and you're there and ready, normally they'll give you some kind of compensation. But if they let you know ahead of time, there normally isn't compensation for that. Um, so we've got- If they let you know ahead of time, meaning- Like if they if they call us the morning of and say, hey, we're gonna cancel music, they're a hundred, I don't think we've ever gotten paid um, because of that, which is kind of hard because we could have gotten paid somewhere else right, at a gig right. that, you know, they uh, cover. I was, I was going to ask you, do you politely tell them, you know, sometimes, yeah, you yeah. know, this, this means that, you know, we could have been playing somewhere else. Is there, is there going to be any kind of compensation for the cancellation? We've yeah, done that we before. Do that. Yeah. And there's a few gigs that we've played at where if you show up and you're set up and ready to go and then they cancel, they'll pay you the full amount. Mm -hmm. It That's not very common, and it's hard because we've thought about getting something in writing for these places, but um, I don't know. Yeah, bar gigs and or beach restaurants and things like that, they typically don't have something like that. Well, yeah, because there are so many others who are waiting to perform there, and they're happy to play without signing anything. Exactly. So when Shane and Emily come along and say, well, we need something in writing because <laughs> we know all the weather is in Florida, they're going to say, uh, we'll just get the John Doe band. Yes. Or get somebody else, yeah. And if we yeah. ever have an experience at a place where like we are set up, we're like halfway through the set and then we get canceled and they don't pay us, we just don't go back and like play there again. And kind of at this point, we don't tend to take gigs at places in Florida that don't have a covering. If they don't, then we're like, we don't want to take that chance because we just don't want to deal with it because we don't want to be in an awkward situation and we're not going to be rude and like try to hound people for money even if that we deserve it or whatever. So we just kind of don't take those. <laughs> well, I'm going to be completely honest too. We, we've got, we've come up to a, a point in our career where we're, we're, we're really blessed, you know, like we have a weekly gig or a gig every single day of the week. Um, we're Sundays maybe are a day off. And even, even then we're playing at church or something. So if we do get canceled out, we kind of high five each other and say, let's go sleep <laughs> or something. Day off. And we don't have to feel like, oh, we're not working as hard as we should be. <laughs> what about the, uh, the college and university gigs? A hundred percent indoors? 
No, but those ones all ha- the contracts for these university shows are extensive. Oh my gosh! So we're taken care of really well with those things. Okay. And they okay. almost always—I've never done like an outdoor show at a school where they didn't have a rain venue. So they always have like a plan B if it is supposed to rain. So we've mm. never had one canceled on us due to weather or anything. Awesome, awesome. Uh, there's a statement on your website saying, and I quote: "This next stage in our career." We're looking for radio play, festival shows, opening for bigger artists, and getting signed to a record label, end quote. Are there any specific actions that you're taking to make one or more of those happen, say hiring a radio promoter or showcasing for label reps or things of that nature? So right now, um, I'm so happy that we're having this interview because you just said two things I never... I, you think we think about these things, but with, the, <laughs> with us being so busy all the time, these are things that we try to think about. Like we've... Uh, I think we send out two letters with a, actually we send a box with a CD, a picture of us and a quick bio to two record labels a week. Mm. And so that's what we, that's how we're advancing to that. But we have on our fridge a laminated, like this is our goal. And so I have nice. one to seven goals on there Nice. Um, that by, you know, some sort of time I want to be able to cross all these off. But um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like showcases for labels and stuff, I would be very interested in even learning how to do some of that kind of stuff. But Emily's dad actually works with us full time. So he's on that side of, of, of the Shane and Emily team where he's researching and doing all this stuff. And um, that's one of the things we're kind of looking into when it comes to a record label. Um, but we're not in any kind of big rush, kind of like what he was saying before, where he feels like we have really what we want, not in a way that we're complacent because we always are striving to like be better and like get to the next level in a way um but there's no like we have to get signed to a record label we're gonna do all of this stuff we're not gonna stop until we're famous because we're so happy where we are yeah the list on the fridge doesn't say uh record deal by 12 31 2016 there's no deadline (laughs) we're enjoying this freedom (laughs) well although although that being said we're we're about to wrap up this interview and no big surprise the two of you are off to go and play another what three or four hours tonight three and a half i think yeah three and a half tonight yeah (laughs) frenchies every tuesday but uh, but the two of you just don't stop. You know, I mean, you say you high five each other. It sounds like you're not making that up because you do work so much, <laughs> so much to, to get a rare to get a rare day off. Because we're doing this on a Tuesday, and you're saying nope, Tuesday is is a is a work night for us. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we don't so, have weekends. <laughs> yeah, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are all accounted for indefinitely. Um, we technically Saturday mornings. And Saturday mornings, yeah. So, but and then we fill in Fridays and Saturday nights, um, with just random places that reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Rarely will we play on a Sunday, though. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of our that's our Sabbath, <laughs> as, as it should be. Uh, we're going to close today with a song of yours entitled "Wait." So, before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Well, in the recording aspect of it. Um, again, John Johnson's a genius. To, uh, I'm so happy to be working with him because he, if Emily breathes or I breathe or something like we like a, if a recording, we're like, we're getting ready to sing the next lyric or whatever. He captures those breaths and actually throws them into the beat, hmm. um, of the music. And then at the end of the song, you'll hear Emily kind of, what is it you say? Oh, this is a really hard song or something. <laughs> and he throws that actually onto the song. And, but wow. this song is like, this is kind of the first taste of what we're going for with our sound. Um, like the next step for us. So this is the first one that we put out with John Johnson. And so people kind of can get a feel for what we're going for now. 
the touches that you were just talking about, Shane, of the little breaths or Emily saying, oh, this is a tough song. Was he doing that unbeknownst to you? And at the very end, he said, by the way, watch this. Or did he kind of tell yeah. you, you know what I think I'm going to try? Kind of mixed. Because what he does is he doesn't finish. He doesn't like um, do the mastering and finish and send it to us and say, all right, this is what I've done. He's kind of like, all right, I did everything. Tell me what you think. This is what I've done. If you're OK with it, sweet. If you're not, awesome. And we've kind of given him full reign. Please feel free to do whatever you want. Because um, he's, an, he's an artist himself when it comes to like making the recording process a an experience um but yeah he he kind of does both he finishes it but he first but instead it's like you don't have to put this out you know if you don't like this yeah oh he has a project too that he does with his friend julianne called borders and they're amazing and they just put out their first ep so check that. and this song that we're about to hear wait what is the song about um it's about a relationship we and emily we actually wrote about ourselves before we even started dating Hmm. and um we were kind of going back and forth if we should or if we shouldn't, but we were kind of like, let's just slow things down. This is getting too, too intense. And, and then like, we took elements from like um, being like hearing about other people's marriages and the hard things that they go through and just kind of pulling from that and putting it all into this one thing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you both ever so much. Really glad that we were able to do this. Thank I really you. appreciate you coming in today. Thank you. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singers, songwriters, musicians, Shane and Emily. Do visit their website. It's www.shaneandemilymusic.com and then engage with them on social media. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them that you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that they are also on SoundCloud, which is one of the platforms that this show is available on. Keep up with them online so you can see where and when you can catch them performing live and for details on the new music they're working on. And of course, do purchase their music. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, and other online retailers. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and they call sharing repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Shane and Emily. This is the one they just talked about. It's called Wait.
If it's time to let it go, you'll be the first to throw a stone, I know 